1: other
2: miss to, to the top you're tuned in to the eagle
0: hour and hey, good monday afternoon everybody bob getty kelly Center, dalton Sanford. we're all at the first bank studio in hattiesburg to kick off a thanksgiving week of the eagle hour of course we'll have uh, best of shows thursday and friday but today we're live from hattiesburg first bank studio we're going to have lee roberts on the show here in just a few moments steve farmer from the North Shore Eagles is going to be joining us a little later, former Southern Miss athlete. And uh, we're going to talk, all, obviously, about uh, pro football and uh, Southern Miss football as well. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Still time for you to order your Thanksgiving meal from Dickey's. They can get you a ham. They can get you a turkey, a couple of different ways they can cook it, or they can get you the full Thanksgiving meal. But I suggest that you might want to call today Dickie's is catering for Thanksgiving, and they want you to sit back, relax, and let them do your holiday cooking. All right, so Southern Miss and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky comes into the Rock and thumps the Golden Eagles, 28-10. to 10. Kelly Santer. Uh, I was with Al Holder at the game and uh, Larry Warren, a couple other guys. And uh, when I was leaving – Not particularly from those guys, but from people all around me. I I, I just picked up on an immense, an immense sense of disappointment and continuing frustration.
1: Disappointment is the is the only word that I can come up with. And look, you know, and it was it was pointed out to me on Sunday by a lot of people. They said, "Sander, we counted on you. You said they were going to run the table, said they were going to beat Western Kentucky and then go to FAU and win this weekend. Very. Disappointing um, when when fans are walking out of the stadium saying, "Who have we beaten? Teams with losing records, not even close to winning records." UTSA, Rice, UTEP, North corn. North Texas, right. And you know Rice even beat North Texas, right? You know this weekend, right? They're going. We haven't beaten anybody of the upper crust. In the league, except UAB, that game was at at Southern Miss. But in the big games against Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky, it just it was it was extremely disappointing. And when you want to compete for a conference championship, those are the games you have to win. Right. Everybody's going to beat those teams that have poor records. That is nothing to write home about. And then to go, we said on this program that it was going to come down to the defensive front of Western Kentucky and the offensive line of Southern Miss. All right, Jack Abraham was sacked two or three times. The Eagles did not reciprocate, not a single sack on the other side of the ball. You know, interception or two, you know, he was rushed. He was hurried several times. The defensive line of Western Kentucky owned the offensive line of of Southern Miss, and it was – extremely disappointing, extremely disappointing.
0: When we talked to the Western Kentucky play-by-play guy uh, early in the week last week, he said that the key for the Hilltoppers would be if their defensive front seven could win the battle in the trenches. I thought they won it heavily. but But more disturbing, Bob, was that the Eagles just didn't compete.
1: I mean they were never really in that game. Mm-hmm. They they didn't they just didn't didn't show to me any enthusiasm. When you looked over at the Western Kentucky sideline, you know, they were jumping up and down when they when they made the big plays. I know that everybody thinks we got messed over. On the play at the goal line, where Quez, you know, fumbled the ball, but they 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 looked at the video, and even independent sources say he didn't get to the end zone; he was just short. Right. Um, he didn't argue with it. No, he didn't. He didn't argue. No, and and that seemed to be the the turning point of the game. But let's just put it out there: if you're going to compete for championships, you've got to win these games. Right. And not only did you lose to Louisiana Tech, you got clobbered by louisiana tech and then but that's on the road okay i mean it's it's tough to win on the road i don't care how weak your league is how strong it is it's it's tough to win on the road but to come home to have an eight game winning streak at mm roberts snapped by western kentucky and the way in which the hilltoppers did it I, i don't i can't think of any other word other than disappointing
0: just just awful Eight, 18 point loss. I don't think the game was that close, to be honest with you. Uh, Western Kentucky beats the Golden Eagles 28 to 10. Rice beats North Texas 20 to 14. UAB did their part. UAB handled Louisiana Tech 20 to 14 and had the Golden Eagles been able to play and compete with Western Kentucky and win the game, the Golden Eagles would be in first place of the division. Right?
1: And that was the other thing that everybody was saying going out. Everybody else did what they were supposed to do. The only team in the league that didn't do what they were supposed
0: to do with well, the Golden Eagles. was our Eagles. So some shocking scores, actually, from the conference this weekend as well, Kelly. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte beat Marshall 24-13. to And practically, for all practical purposes, knocked Marshall out of the NFC, uh, out of the the, uh, Eastern Eastern Division. Division. So, Charlotte beats Marshall 24-13. New Mexico State beats UTEP 44-35. I don't know what that says, but that's not good.
1: Both of those teams had one win going into that game.
0: Middle Tennessee beats Old Dominion 38-17. Old Dominion is miserable at 1-10. Uh, Florida Atlantic beats Texas San Antonio forty to twenty six. The Lane Train now eight and three on the season, six and one in the conference, and will host Southern Miss Saturday afternoon. And here's the shocker, my friend: Florida International jumps up in Miami and knocks off the Hurricanes thirty to twenty four. Well, Butch Davis, you know the coach
1: of FIU, used to coach at Miami. So that was kind of a sweet win for yeah. him. And and you know as much as we as much as we have made fun of Conference USA and of course all over social media oh, Conference USA is awful. I get it. And again, there's nothing the Eagles can do about that. This is what what's is in front of them. But that win against FIU over Miami, you had Western Kentucky um beating Arkansas um earlier this year too. There was a big big upset. It was early in the season, maybe in North Texas uh uh, I don't know something. One, there was yeah. one other big win in the league this year.
0: Um, well, UAB didn't UAB beat uh, Tennessee earlier this no, year? No, no. Tennessee beat them. I, I know okay. you, but I, I, I know you're right. There was another big one, but this was a great win for Conference USA. Yeah, it was. This was a really good win. So, Florida Atlantic now uh, in the driver's seat in the East. They're eight and three, six and one, a game back. Marshall now seven and four, five and two. Crushing loss for Marshall, I think. Western Kentucky. Now moves into second a second place tie in the East. They're seven and four, five and two, followed by Charlotte, Florida International, Middle Tennessee, and Old Dominion bringing bringing up the bottom.
1: That win was Char- by Charlotte over the weekend. You know, Got gives, them in a Old, yeah, yeah, put some makes some bowl eligible. So Correct. good for them. Wednesday on the Eagle Hour, we're going to have an official from Conference USA to sort out all the tiebreakers and, and so on in the West. But here's here's what I wonder, Bob. And of course, the Eagles would have to beat. FAU in Boca Raton this Saturday let's say that was to happen okay after this self-inflicted wound that the Eagles gave themselves on Saturday would there be any enthusiasm for Southern Miss backing into the Western Division title
0: you know after what fans saw Saturday I don't know. Uh, well, they got to win first. Louisiana Tech has to lose to Texas San Antonio. That seems unlikely. I think Tech will have their quarterback back on the field, and they'll be at home. They're they're in first place, eight and three, five and two. UAB statistically in second place, eight and three, five and two. Southern Miss seven and four, five and two. Texas San Antonio is four and seven, three and four in the conference, and that's who will be playing Louisiana Tech. North Texas, biggest disappointment in the league this year, undoubtedly. North Texas, 4-7. and seven. Rice now 2-9. and nine. So the Owls have come on strong here toward the end of the year, and UTEP continues to be miserable at 1-10. and ten. So Southern Miss is at Florida Atlantic. Texas San Antonio is at Louisiana Tech. UAB is at North Texas. If you look at it on paper, and I know that doesn't really mean anything, but Clearly the, the tallest task uh, rests with the Golden Eagles.
1: To win on the road uh, for a team that's, that's destined then to host the uh, the conference championship down in Boca Raton. So it's a couple of good weeks to be down there in, in that area. But this this is just the, the Eagles took a punch Saturday that I'm not sure you answer the bell. I mean, they have to, right? I
0: mean, the game is scheduled for Saturday, so they're going to go down there. But, boy. 20369 is the attendance. Got to be tickets sold. I don't mean to be Nancy negative here but I mean that has to be tickets so there weren't 20,360 people in the
1: there state. was a there was an old Saturday night live skit who was Debbie Downer I think That's was her Debbie was a, a Rachel Dratch used to play Debbie Downer and uh, right. and she would always bring up you know things like that but um you know it's it's just we had people Saturday saying, man, you had us convinced that we were going to run the table. And then this this happens. Just mm-hmm. terrible
0: timing. Terrible, terrible timing. All right. Saturday's game uh, will be uh, at two thirty, I believe. Central Standard Time on the NFL Network. So we'll see what happens when we come back. Steve Farmer. We'll see what he has to say. He's a former Southern Miss athlete and a big Golden Eagle football fan. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top.
1: The Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday, November 25th. We haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. It's the late, latest possible day you can have Thanksgiving, but already people in to Christmas mode. The Eagle Hour originating from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander, along with Bob Getty, John Dalton, Stanford, Senior Esquire, our producer. Mm, Luke, mister. Yes. No, oh, the please. mister. I forgot about that. Luke Johnson. Uh on assignment today as they say he'll be rejoining us a little bit later on in the week this segment brought to you by campus bookmark well if it is black friday or actually today you could call blue monday after mm-hmm. that uh, performance on saturday but campus bookmark has all your southern miss swag and uh, anything that anything and everything that is Southern Miss. A lot of clothing, of course, but lots of odds and ends and trinkets that have the Golden Eagle logos on there as well. If you can't get to the big yellow building across from the main entrance of campus, they're open 24-7 at campusbookmart.net online. Campus Bookmart, we thank them for their support of this program. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline from the North Shore down in Louisiana is Steve Farmer, who's a big-time Golden Eagle from 1988 to 1993. Actually, I saw him at the tailgate party on Saturday, Bob He's even a bigger Eagle fan now than, <laughs> than he was, than he was then, aren't we all? Right. Um, he is part of the North Shore Eagles. are so rude to our guests. Aren't I oh, if we weren't friends, I couldn't get away mm-hmm. with it. Uh, he is part of the North Shore Eagles, which is, uh, makes up the Madisonville, Mandeville area of Louisiana. And, Steve, as we welcome you to the Eagle Hour, there's a lot of Southern Miss alums on the North Shore, aren't there?
3: Well, thanks for having me. Uh, there sure are. There's uh, probably some in the neighborhood of... 900 to 1,000 alumni in this area. A lot of teachers, a lot of just different uh, business folks in this area.
1: And you get up to, I know, every game and part of the Black Ops tailgating group out there behind Southern Hall. I know you came into this game with great uh, anticipation and expectation. How are you feeling today, brother?
3: Oh, I did come in with quite a bit of anticipation. I, I knew their defense would be tough. Uh, today, uh, Today's kind of a I hate to say a letdown, but boy, um, we played much better in the defense the second half on. But hell uh, no, they put a lot of pressure on Jack, and we got our turnovers just like we did for Louisiana Tech.
1: So, what about this team? So, where, do, where does that put this this team, Steve? And what are some of the North Shore guys saying about about this uh, current edition of the Eagle team with one game left to go?
3: <laughs> that's uh, that's really up for debate. I wanna fix. They understand the you know, programs moving forward and, uh, you're not going to win them all right now. We still somewhat of a young team. I think next year is the team, the year we have all been looking forward to thinking we should be in the championship if not win it next year. So, uh, I think the other people say, you know, uh, you give a coach four years and, you should be winning eight, nine, ten games already uh, with the kind of talent that Southern Miss can get. But I do believe it's in a process, and if you look at you know the ups and downs between ADs and everything else we've had, coaches, players, uh, I think we're right where we should be. Um, I hate that we lost that game. I thought that we'd win that game on Saturday, but it is what it is. And we have we have lots to look forward to this weekend. If we win this weekend, we have a chance of possibly getting back into the championship game. Yeah,
1: but would you would you think on paper the Eagles had a better chance to win? This past Saturday than they would going on the road to the number one team in the East.
3: That is true. You would think that so. their defense front four was uh, pretty formidable. Uh, I think they were ranked number one or two in the conference coming in, so they were going to put a rush on. And they, they really did a good job, honestly, against our front, uh, front offensive line.
1: I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the Alumni Association there, the North Shore Eagles. It seems like everybody else in that state, Steve, bleeds purple and gold, but there's a, a lot of you there on the North Shore, black and gold. What is what is the affinity to, to Southern Miss and the tons of alum there on the North Shore?
3: You know, I think a lot of people um, went to Southern Miss, had a wonderful time during their tenure there, and you, you come back and you – You drop off kids at school, whatever. You see plenty of people wearing their black and gold on Friday for Gold Roll Friday. Um, You see plenty of bumper stickers, uh, flags, and yards. I just think that they have a a true love for the university. and Most of them try to get back when they can. They probably don't all have season tickets, but uh, I know that we're trying. When we have our alumni meetings, we try to get more and more each year to start coming to those places and hanging out and watching some away games sometimes as well. and uh, I think it's grown over the years, the last, especially the last five or six years, and started to grow.
0: So, Steve, how do you drown out the purple and gold down there in the uh, North Shore of Louisiana?
3: <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't think you <laughs> try to turn down the sound of your TV. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, support both. I mean, as far as support, a lot of Eagle fans sometimes even go to the games, but I would say they at least watch the LSU games. Uh, I, for me, you know, I've watched only the Eagles, and you know, every once in a while, uh, if I'm at someone's house or something going on with LSU, I'll watch it. But uh, I don't know; it's just tough. It, 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 they definitely do a good job with their marketing machine, and uh, and there's a lot of fans in this area. But you
1: know, Stephen, in your alumni association group too, I'm sure you have some guys that are just have thrown their hands up in the air and said, "Look, the the only team the Eagles have beaten this year." are the powerhouses that are UTEP, Rice, you know, UTSA. And as it turns out, North Texas has been a dud this year. And in order to compete for a championship, you've got to beat the LaTex and the Western Kentuckys. And Western Kentucky soundly thumped the Eagles on their home field. The frustration yeah. level is, is
3: palatable. It is. It is. Uh, I would agree with that. And uh, even for me, being the fan, it's hard. It was hard to watch Saturday. I thought that we had uh, equal talent, uh, but turnovers will kill you. And uh, their front four put some good pressure. And you know, we made some turnovers. We we didn't uh, we didn't get down the field like we usually do. And uh, you know, give some credit to them. You know, it's hard to say. I still think that next year, with having a more senior laden team and uh, is, is and more talented kids coming in, I think that we should all expect, you know, to be in the championship game next year. Uh, yes, are we only beating the Rices and the UTSA's and and therefore, um, you know, that's who we have to play. But uh, I do, I do believe we should have a really good team next year.
0: Steve, you come up uh, from Louisiana, I gather, to every football game. And Kelly and I talk a lot about what we observe uh, from game to game. And one thing that disturbs me, I think, even more than, than the loss was the crowd there Saturday. And I, I just wonder, as a guy that travels to come to every game, I was sitting with a guy that travels down from Jackson for every basketball game, every football, every baseball game. What What do you think it's going to take to get back to the – Twenty-eight, thirty thousand people a game that uh, that we all want to see return.
3: Uh, I think it's going to take a few wins like we just spoke about. I think it's going to take the average fan to see us beating uh, a couple non-conference games that uh, that we may not win all the time. And also, going to take winning consistently against North Texas, Western Kentucky, FAU. Uh, I think more and more will come back over time. Mm-hmm. But there, I don't think there's any simple solution just in one season. I know when Fedora got here, we got DeAndre Brown. That was a pretty exciting time uh, to get one of the best recruits in the state. Um, I think recruiting does play a little bit of a part of it that as well, too. Uh, Nothing to not to, just to play on the field every week.
1: Yeah, but you know, Steve, there, there's never a good time for a loss. But when you talk, and, and you know that people were emotional after the game on Saturday, but I had, I had some of those casual fans that you just mentioned would come mm-hmm. up to me and say, and they'd admit, they would admit, they'd say, I'm a casual fan, you had us talked in that this was a, that, that, that you were going to compete for the championship, they were going to run the table, and then they went up there and laid an egg like they did, and I, I hesitate to use it, but the phrase has, was used a hundred times Saturday, typical Southern Miss. And that just makes my skin crawl. But you hear it all the time. And I, and, I, and your point is well taken that in order to change that culture, you've got to win these big ones. Man, you've got to win them.
3: You've got to win at least every other year. Uh, every third year, you have to. Um, every other year would be great. And you have to be consistent. And younger teams tend not to be as consistent and uh, we're seeing that this year I think if you if we played La Tech tomorrow most likely we probably beat them uh, I don't know about West Kentucky with that front four um, but we were going into what to score 14 14 and uh, we're going across the goal line and get the ball stripped and all of a sudden they score and it's a 14 point turnaround
1: right.
0: All right. So, All right, Steve. We appreciate you being on. Being from the North Shore, I know you're probably a big Falcons fan, and uh, looking forward to uh, watching the Saints and the Falcons during Thanksgiving.
3: Uh, can't wait to make my uh, Falcon gumbo. And, uh, <laughs> and I bet
0: that's to- tasty. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it gets better and better every year. We well, perfect
1: it. Well, at least at least who doing pretty well, Steve.
0: Yeah, You got to be excited about that.
3: Yeah, you go from the the doldrums of being so low on Saturday to a great win like yesterday for the Saints. So
0: So as a as a non biased Saints fan, how forward are you looking to the showdown with San Francisco?
3: Can't wait. Yeah, we no have big. two Eagles on that uh on that team and of course much like you used to pull for Brett Favre when they played the Saints or something. I mean, you want to you want to you see those guys do just play play well. Steve, yeah. great and, to uh, have
1: you on the show, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks.
0: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh,
1: Steve Steve, Farmer. Yeah, yeah. Steve Farmer from the North Shore Eagles down in the Madisonville, Mandeville area of Louisiana. Spent a lot of time on campus from 88 to 93 when he was a Southern Miss student. Now a Golden Eagles super fan. We'll talk with Lee Roberts, the color analyst for the Southern Miss Radio Network, when the Eagle Hour continues in a moment.
2: to the top.
0: Welcome back. I want to thank Steve Farmer for joining us from the North Shore Eagles down in Louisiana. We appreciate uh, his time. This segment of the show is, of course, every day sponsored by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill where they have a great 895 lunch. We've been down there before every home game and uh, this past Friday, Kelly, was no exception. We had Katie down there with us from Anatomies and uh, Slade on from 4th Street Bar and Grill. The food is always really, really, really good. And just we've had a fun time there. And Katie the Greek. Katie picked, nailed a man. She picked Rice to beat North Texas, and that's what happened. She picked New Mexico State to beat UTEP. Yeah, yeah. She loves those rice uniforms, you know. That's yeah. She oh, yeah. She's that. a
1: big owl fan. She'll
0: pick the owls again next week. But we appreciate her being right? on the show. She was fun. We always appreciate Four Street Barn Grill. It's a great place, a great place to have lunch. It's a great place to have dinner. Kelly had a new item, a Reuben sandwich. You like it. And dude. they they stacked it full of roast of beef in there, though. No question. So thanks to Slade uh, and all the guys down at Four Street. Uh, we look forward to the Eagle Hour. Uh, returning there very very soon. All right, Monday we always uh, go to our buddy Lee Roberts, who is the color analyst for Southern Miss football, and of course a great Southern Miss quarterback, Conference USA uh, champion three times. Am I right about that, Lee Roberts?
2: Well, just twice actually. So twice. Appreciate the appreciate the. Uh... But you were close <laughs> that
0: third time, weren't you?
2: Yeah, if it hadn't been for that Tulane Green Wave team that went twelve and zero that year.
0: Yeah, so yeah, like kind a. Of... Uh... Well, we'll take two out of four. Two out of four is nothing to be ashamed of. All right, Lee, we talked early last week to the play-by-play announcer for Western Kentucky, and he told us that the strength of their team was their front defensive seven, and that in his view, if they could dominate the line of scrimmage, that Western Kentucky could win the football game. And from a layman's standpoint, it appears to me that is exactly what happened.
2: And really on both sides of the football. So, I mean, offensively, you know, Jack was having to move around. They were putting a lot of pressure uh, on him. And and to their credit, I mean, they are really, really good. Even the the front four move extremely well. Their defensive end, D'Angelo Malone, I'm talking about a a long and lanky player that has just an interesting story that uh, leads conference USA in tackles for losses and uh, sacks as well, I believe. But anyway, a great player. But then their linebacking group, they moved really well. Laterally, and you know, can can make some tackles, make things happen, and and then their their front offensive line, which is probably one of the more expensive, uh, experienced offensive line in the conference. I mean, they returned basically all their starts from last year, so sixty starts across the front, and um, very very good, good up front. And, and we knew going in that that was going to be the challenge. You know, we felt like that we could we could get some deep balls down the field. But they've improved down the field to play pretty well in the back end uh, also. But, you know, again, to their credit, played played extremely well. We didn't play our best ball. Um, defense with the second half, I thought we did play pretty good. But, yeah, back to originally their front group on the line is extremely good.
0: Well, and it seems to me that that goes back to just football in general. If you're controlling the line of scrimmage, it's very difficult for your opponent to to get any momentum, to carry any consistent number of plays down the field. If you're getting beat off the ball, and I, again, I I think you got to tip your hat in that respect to Western Kentucky. They just appeared to be bigger, stronger, and faster on the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah, you know, and that's a key basically each week is you know, offensively, defensively, controlling the line of scrimmage. And like you said, if you can do that, you're setting yourself up for success because. Anytime you can, you know, clog holes and put pressure on opposing quarterbacks, put them in negative situations, uh, you're doing well. And then offensively, anytime, you know, you're not winning that line of scrimmage battle, too, you're putting yourself in negative situations. And um, you know, we had to go for it a couple times on fourth down that came up a little short. Third, third down and short, we came up, and you know, but really, again, not not taking anything away from Western, they they were really good. The second half was the deciding points. Obviously, Quez is should have been touchdown that was called a fumble. Our angle was not good. Um, you know, that's that's returned to the fifty. We get a penalty on top of that. They go down and score and then the, later in the game the, the sack fumble a uh, return for a touchdown. So, you know, talking to Coach Hobson earlier, it's it's a game of inches and literally Saturday was that way. Even on a fake punt, if you remember, um the guy that came back and shoot uh shoestring tackled us, if he does not make that tackle we Get the first, maybe even take it down for a score. So it was. Maud mm-hmm. didn't really bounce our way Saturday, and it was, uh, you know, credit credit Western for that. Well, here, here's,
0: I'll, I'll make this comment about that goal line play that you're referencing. I guess it depends on what the rule is, and you guys probably know more about this than me. If the rule is it's a touchdown when a portion of the, of the runner's body crosses the goal line, was likely a touchdown. But if the ball has to cross the goal line from where we were sitting, it appeared he had the ball on his left hip. He crossed the goal line momentarily, and as he was trying to get the ball across the goal line, it was knocked out of his hand. So is it the ball, or the body that constitutes the touchdown? I, I
2: think it's – unless it's your feet, I think it's got to be the ball crossing. Basically what they say is breaking the plane of that goal line. And, you know, I mean – if it had been any other wide receiver for Southern Miss, you'd sit here and say, hey, he's just not as experienced. But, I mean, Quez Watkins, he's an experienced receiver and not, take nothing away from what he did all year long. But, I mean, he should have made a, an aggressive move to plunge forward into the end zone when he's that close. But, you know, again, I think he thought he was in it and, you know, therefore, right. you know, didn't make that strong move forward. Huge and, You know, it doesn't, it doesn't go our way.
0: Huge turnaround.
1: It leads to the casual fan, though, and you know there's a lot of them. Uh, who say? You know, I look at this Southern Miss team. You know, I came to this. I came to this game with big expectations. You know, could, could, UAB did its job, and all we had. All we had to do, as if it's easy, is beat Western Kentucky, and they didn't do it. And they, it was just an awful game. And the only teams they've beaten are the crappy teams like UTSA and Rice, and and in UTEP. Man, it's it's a tough it's a tough nut to crack, and I I just the sense of frustration out there, and it's just Monday after a Saturday loss. But man, oh man, I, I, I how do you what is your response? When, and I'm well, sure I'll, I'm I'll, sure you've heard it.
2: Yeah, I'll put this into perspective, you know, to those that you know aren't, aren't believers that aren't following us right now very closely. I mean, we're still tied for first in the West. Um, And here's the scenario. If all three teams win Saturday, we win the West. If all three teams lose Saturday, we win the West. If UAB loses, then La Tech wins the West. I mean, again, there's still a chance for us to play in the division title. And, two, there's still a chance for us to host. I forget the scenario in the East, but FAU is the number one seed over there right now. But obviously, if we beat them, then it drops them down. Even with Marshall and Western Kentucky, and there's a scenario in there where we could actually host the conference tournament. I say all that to say this: we got to go and win because none of that's going to happen if if we don't win. Because I, I do feel like Louisiana Tech will win. They've got Jaymar Smith supposedly supposed to be back, and again, we just we need UAB to win as well. And uh, so there's still hopes that Southern Miss can play in the conference championship. And that's and that's what we're fighting for. And you know, just like last year, it came down to a field goal, a loss at UAB in overtime for us to be out of the conference championship and not even make a bowl. So, I mean last year we were that close and this year it's that close again. And that just talks about the parity of this league and you know, the the competition that's that's in this league. And I know people can say what they want, but there there's some there's some pretty good pretty good teams and some pretty good football in this league as well. So to so those listening, hang in there with us. There's still hope and a fighting chance
1: for the Golden. Now, I, I get what you're saying, but I just don't at all sense the frustration last year, like I do this year. And I and I'm not. I don't know why necessarily, because uh, I do think the team is better. But when it comes crunch time, uh, now they did they did beat uh, you know UAB here, uh, but right. but other than that, there's no marquee win, and it's just it's really hard to fire people up when they get these these big games and just can't get it done, or haven't gotten it done. Obviously, they can, but haven't gotten well, it done. So here's hoping Here's hoping to a good performance on Saturday.
2: Yeah, no, and and, and that's the key. I mean, they know what's at stake. You know, obviously, Coach Hobson preached to them at the half, and he preached to them after the game. It was a, a pretty extensive uh, post-game um, talk with the team. And, yeah, I mean, the everyday fan is frustrated, and it is frustrating at times to watch, but – um i think they're going out they are competing obviously things didn't bounce our way and you know western I'm not saying they were better than expected but they came in here and, and played really good ball against the golden eagles and you know as y'all said they dominated the line of scrimmage and we just a few plays plays away and, and we can always sit back and say that we're a few plays that's away. that's right and, and i know we gotta we gotta take that plunge forward and you know hoping this will be the week it's uh Obviously, a bit of again a lot riding on this week's game.
0: So, what's the plan? You guys go out Friday to uh, Florida? Is that correct? Day after Thanksgiving.
2: Yes, yeah, so we'll fly down to Boca uh, sometime Friday afternoon, and uh, you know spend our, our night there and get ready for a Saturday kick, and obviously a, a big one. So, yeah. Do, that you, would do be, you get
0: any be beach time, Lee, or is it all work? No,
2: it'll be all all work now. Now, John Cox may get some beach time. He's with the basketball team down the Bahamas, so. I don't know oh. if John will take advantage of that or not, but he uh, there's more beach opportunities for him this week than right. anybody uh, that's left. Well, who's doing
0: the game with you? Who's doing the radio broadcast? No, he's
2: actually. Oh, he's going like to be there. Make it there.
0: He's going yeah, to be there and then go, there. go to the Bahamas. I got yeah, you. Yeah,
2: he'll he'll fly in uh, on Friday, so he'll right. probably miss the last basketball game this week.
0: All right, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and thanks for your contribution to our show.
2: I appreciate you guys and happy Thanksgiving as well.
0: Right. Lee Roberts, everybody. Kelly and I'll be back on talk a little National Football League stuff when we come back. Stay with us.
2: to the top to the top you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour
0: I want to thank Lee Roberts for joining us on the Eagle Hour also want to thank Gulfport Home Center for their support of the show great place to buy a pre-manufactured house of any size any price range they can help you pick out the perfect house for your needs can help you set it up help you finance it they can do the entire job for you at the Gulfport Home Center and we thank them for their support. Golden Eagle basketball beats William Carey uh, yesterday afternoon. I have the score here, eighty-three sixty-four, and uh, now they head off. Uh, I guess probably today uh, to the Bahamas, and tomorrow uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday at noon. When is it noon? You yeah. can tune in to ESPNU Kelly Center, and you can watch the Golden Eagles play one of the very best college basketball teams in the world. And Gonzaga's improved.
1: So so right. Yeah, so so I well, think that's good news. Well, and because they're improved, they'll go into that game a slight favorite over the a Eagles. Slight favorite. Yeah,
0: yes. Southern Miss and Gonzaga, one of the true royalty members of the college uh, world of basketball, uh, college basketball world of trying. Yeah, to say.
1: so you're making pumpkin pies or getting the stuffing ready for Thursday? Just tune in the Eagles uh, as they Play a little hoop from uh, the Bahamas. That's right.
0: All right, switch gears for a couple minutes uh, that we have left. National Football League. Browns beat the Dolphins 41-24. Jets over the Raiders 34-3. Surprise there. Titans beat the Jaguars 42-20. Patriots beat the Cowboys 13-9. The 49ers just slammed the Green Bay Packers last night. 37-8. 37-8. The Seahawks, which I think is a very good football team, beat Philadelphia 17-9. The Bucks beat the Falcons 35-22. The Bills beat the Broncos 20-3. The Redskins hail, beat the Detroit Lions.
1: Hail to the Redskins.
0: 19-16, and the Steelers beat them. Yeah, the Cincinnati Ste- Bengals. 16.
1: The Bengals are 0-11 for the first time in team history. They've lost, if you go back to last year, they've lost 14 games in a row. Uh, The Steelers have now beaten them 18 out of 21 times, and they're in their division. And Pittsburgh has won seven games in a row in Cincinnati.
0: Okay. The (laughs) the standings as of today in the AFC, the Patriots lead the Eastern Division by two games with five to go. The Chiefs lead the West by one game. The Ravens lead the North by three games. The Texans lead the South by one game. And the NFC... Hard to believe, but Dallas still leads the NFC East. Not a very good uh, conference by a game. The 49ers lead by one game. The Packers and the Vikings are tied for first place in the North. And the Saints, right now, better shaped than anybody in the league. The Saints have a four-game lead uh, in the NFC South. Tonight, Kelly, the Ravens and the Rams.
1: And that should be a good one. But you would have thought the 49ers and Packers would have been a good game. Uh, the 49ers flexing their muscle. I mean, I'm telling you, that's going to be the – the toughest ticket in the NFL when the 49ers go down to the Mercedes-Benz uh, Dome in New Orleans and play the Saints in a couple of weeks. You know,
0: I think the, I think it's fair to say the 49ers may be the best team right now in the NFC. The Saints are, are right there behind them. But I'm going to tell you, a team, Kelly, that anybody that plays and doesn't take seriously is going to make a big mistake when they play Seattle. And
1: Seattle plays better. What makes them so dangerous is they play better on the road mm-hmm. than they do at home. They've had a couple of near-miss losses at home. Uh, but they really do play well on the road. Clearly, the power of the NFL this year is in the NFC. When you when you talk about right. teams like the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings, the Packers, you know, the um, NFC, your NFC East is kind of the stinker this year. But really, the only teams worth a flip in the AFC are the Patriots and the Ravens. And the Ravens beat the Patriots. I, as much as I loathe the patriots i don't know that they have the offense to be able to win the afc championship but they're going to get to play it at home probably which
0: will be a big advantage
1: you know because only the ravens are going to be the only ones to i
0: think the ravens are probably used to play it in cold wintry weather so i don't i don't think that would have the effect on the ravens that say it would a texan team or a kansas city team even
1: correct i would love to see a saints patriots super bowl just so i could finally legitimately cheer for somebody you know, because I can't cheer for the Patriots under any circumstances. So I'd, I'd love to see that happen. And, but we're going to see just how – thing that scares me about the Saints is they get these big leads and then just kind of sit there and wait for these teams to come back and make a game of it. They were lucky. They were lucky to beat the Panthers yesterday. Well,
0: they, if the guy does missed the field goal, they lose.
1: And I think he's working at uh, the pizza place right down the road today. But I got to tell occur. you,
0: it could change from week to week. But the, the, the most ferocious team I've seen on the field are the San Francisco 49ers. Man. And
1: we're going to find out how good they are in a couple. It, it is funny, though, too, how that pass interference call that the Saints wanted changed. All this kind of came back to mm-hmm. to, to bite, bite them. them Yeah, yesterday. So, again, you never, never be careful what you ask for. You never know
0: how well, right it might down, turn out. I'd say your top four are the 49ers, the Saints, the Patriots, and the Ravens. Well, the power yeah. rankings will be out later on this week and the only thing that we know for
1: sure is who will be dead stinking last.
0: But you guys are going to get that number
1: one draft choice. I can see it now. Well, if the guy doesn't jump off a bridge in the meantime, you know,
0: <laughs> which would be a distinct how'd you, li- how'd you like to be the poor kid down at LSU? Talk about mixed emotions. Yeah, but, you know, we've had we've had players on here including. He'll be happy to go. Yeah,
1: Picasso Nelson said, man, I don't care. I just want to well, play in the league. He'll be you happy know? to go. No question about that. But the, but the, they might kick the Bengals out of the league because it is considered to be a pro league. I
0: heard their games this Sunday has been moved to the Cartoon Network. It
1: has, against the Jets. The, and of course, we get the Jets when they've won three in a row. So we were thinking maybe we could win that one. But uh, it'll be right after, those of you uh, watching the Cartoon Network, it'll be right on after the Wacky Races
0: and, and the Flintstones come on after that, I You're think. You're a little
1: dated there, aren't you, You're Kelly?
0: Sure I watched that growing up. Kelly. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. The Seven, seven, seven
1: into the future.